Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This Ben Jarofsky Show Benny J bonus interview is brought to you in part by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. That's correct. <laughs> Benny J, take it away. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show. As I sit here, it's Friday, February 21st, 2020. The headline of my beloved bright one, Casey at the bed. <laughs> it's... I'm not even going to go into the story. I, it's about Brian Erlacher's <laughs> brother got in trouble. Guys, come on. It's Brian Erlacher's brother. Are you sure that's how to pronounce it? Uh, the, wait, you're not <laughs> supposed to talk yet. There's a, a, a protocol we follow. Sorry. Uh, uh, but you're absolutely correct. I believe it should be Erlacher. Uh, anyway, that was the headlines. But you could be listening to this anytime because it's a podcast. Just want to let you know what was going on in the world. On the day we uh, broadcast this, as we do on all Ben Jarofsky bonus shows, I ask my distinguished guest to introduce him or herself, in this case himself, introduce yourself, distinguished guest. I'm happy to do it, but didn't I just hand you a piece of paper with my introduction on it? Uh, have you always been difficult? <laughs> Man, those nuns at that uh, Weber High. Why did, you a... why did you ask me for that if you want me to introduce myself? No, you introduce yourself, and then I say, uh, distinguished Oh, you yeah. just want me to say my name. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dave Glowatz is my name. And what are you oh, known as? Sometimes known as Mr. Bike. That is correct. And uh, independent journalist Dave Glowatz <laughs> does audio and print reporting on Chicagoland government. Find his work on the web at shygov.com and follow him at facebook.com. Backslash, is that what that called? Forward call? slash. Oh, for, that's a forward slash? Yeah. Um, he's one of a kind, it. isn't he, Dave? <laughs> one of a kind, love a fan. Wait, you didn't, read, you didn't read what's after the slash? Insidegov.com. Something. No, it's Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah. We know how to plug our friends. Facebook.com. Here, read it. There we go. Reaching over Facebook.com slash InsideGov. Okay, there we go. That's what it is. Who uh, uses ba- Oh, that, you're still an AOL guy. That's why you're using Bex. I don't really use anything. I can't stand. So that's a whole that's other story. That's why you don't answer my emails. Yes, I don't answer emails. They, they tend to pile up. Anyway, Dave Glowitz and I have been talking to each other about Chicago politics for a long, long time. 20 minutes at least. Uh, at least 12 years, I want to say. I think Rod Bukojevic was the governor of Illinois when we met. And we famously uh, did an audio reenactment of one of his telephone conversations caught on FBI wiretap. Yes, we did. <laughs> when did we do that? Oh, man. Uh, I want to say it was 2014. In the year 2014. <laughs> the only guy who knows that song. Because we both grew up with that. <laughs> A fellow baby boomer, the pride five, of For five bonus points, name that band. It's a one-hit wonder. Yeah, it is. And, um, I'm sorry, but I can't tell you either. So. Uh, the Rolling Stones. <laughs> 
I think they had more than one hit. I give up. Who was it? I don't remember. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that, it's like me. I ask questions. I go, like, very authoritative. Uh, I'm a journalist. I ask questions. I ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I kind of, people expect me to know the answer to go, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I didn't know either. So, you know. I'm not a prosecutor. Prosecutors are paid to know the answer to the question before they ask. So what Dave does uh, for us on these segments, and they proved to be very popular, uh, he goes to the city council meeting. He'd probably go anyway. Uh, and he's really good with digital stuff, like plugs in the, the little tape recorder, although it's not a tape recorder. And he tapes, records what people say. And then he comes on this show and we play the excerpts and we break down what the city council is up to. Isn't that correct? That's correct. And at this particular meeting of the city council, which happened on um, what's the month? February 19th. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the mayor did not scold anyone as she did at the January meeting. So we didn't have that kind of drama. Who did she on. scold in January? I'm trying to remember this. There was a, mayor Lori there was some uh, a resolution to cause the city to look into how to better support LGBT businesses. Yes. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot this And already. a bunch yep. of aldermen were questioning Walter Burnett. that. <laughs> By the way, that cup in front of you, do you notice? <clears throat> I'm looking at a coffee mug here. That is the uh, Burnett mug that was here the last time I was here. Is, it is, will always be here. Oh, it hasn't been washed. Unless someone takes no, it. <laughs> What? We don't wash the cups. We just put them there. Right. TMI, TMI. <laughs> we wash the cups. So city council. Yes. All right. Anyway. So, so uh, go ahead. So there wasn't, um, there usually is some kind of spectacle. There's a little bit of spectacle at this meeting. There was a couple things going on. One was that uh, the aldermen were observing Black History Month by their apparel. So the, some of the women were dressed very brightly and uh, very... Um, uh, distinctively, and the men not so much. They had they had some colorful scarves on, you know. So that was something to look at. There was also a protest, a public protest around um, animal rights, around plant based diets. Uh, there was a bunch of activists from a group called Animal Rebellion, mm-hmm. which is not a um, a uh, Pink Floyd cover band. It is actually, uh, I guess, an international group that tries to urge. Uh, you know, the people to stop eating animals. Mm. And um, the city council has migrated to this public comment protocol where even though it passed the law a little while back uh, mandating public comment, they do it at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the meeting. So when they're talking about a particular issue, there isn't any public comment going on in reaction. It all has to happen at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So at this meeting, most of the public comment, which is half an hour, were from members of this um, group who were doing things like urging aldermen who had slaughterhouses in their wards to close them. It's something I didn't know, that there are slaughterhouses still in Chicago. In the city of Chicago. They're killing chickens, uh, Mm. which some of your previous guests might find interesting. Oh, yes. But anyway. Mamas you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so that went on. And then later on, uh, what happens quite often as city council is they introduce a bunch of things in um, in bulk, and then they'll have a, a voice vote acclamation and move on. So if you're a protester showing up wanting to inject your protest at the point at which there's you know relevant um, decision making going on, it's very difficult. So the particular uh, point of uh, pointed issue here was that the city council passed a res- resolution in support of 
plant-based diets, essentially. It was, uh, How did I miss that? Well, it was buried in with a bunch of other stuff. So about maybe, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes later, the activists, I think, realized that, hey, there isn't going to be any particular point at which we can do our pro. So they just interrupted whatever the heck was going on and did their protest, got hustled out by the police. And I was thinking, you know, there's got to be some PR consultant who can advise modern-day city council protesters, you know, how and when to do the protests. Yeah. So they need, you know, some PR person, maybe not the person who advises Kim Fox, but, you know, maybe Bloomberg can suggest a good PR uh, consultant. Well, based on his first debate, I would not take any kind <laughs> All of... All right, well, we need a better consultant. All right. So, but uh, the thing I want to talk about today is that there were uh, four police-related rela- uh, settlement agreements that the city council passed today. Uh, on they, Wednesday. I'm sorry, on um, the 19th. Mm-hmm. And they passed, it was over about $11 million approved, originally approved by the City Council Finance Committee a few days before. And uh, Dennis, we're going to do Wagusback 1 is the first one. And um, we're going to talk about each one of those. The, uh, the chairman of the Finance Committee, 32nd Ward Alderman Scott Wagusback, proposed that the City Council approve all of these in one fell swoop. And they have a couple of ways to do that. Um, there are a bunch of committee meetings, uh, committee reports at each city council meeting, and if there's something that needs city council approval, the chair of the of the particular uh, committee giving the report will say, "I propose that all these things that we're looking to get passed be all approved together by the first favorable vote mm-hmm. of the report of the meeting," or he'll say he or she will say, uh, "There's going to be an omnibus omnibus vote at the end of the meeting. I want it to be covered under there." Mm-hmm. So that's essentially uh, what he asked for on all these, um, but it didn't work out that way. Let's let's hear what happened when he tried to do it. Item number six consists of three orders authorizing Corporation Council to enter into and execute settlements in the cases of Etheridge, Cortez, and Rodriguez. I move passage by the first most favorable roll call vote on the Committee on Finance report, unless anyone wishes to be recorded as voting no. The chair recognizes uh, Alderman Lopez. Madam President, can we have a roll call vote on item A for number six, please? Chairman Wagusbeck, just so the body is clear, can you tell us what the item is? Sure. Item 6A is Etheridge versus City of Chicago for $10 million. So Alderman Lopez was the person to say, nope, we're not going to do that. Ray Lopez. Yes, Ray Lopez of the 15th. He's become a regular on this show. (laughs) Go ahead, yeah. So this first case of Etheridge versus the City of Chicago and three police officers uh, was it was a case where in December of 2012, a gentleman, 21-year-old gentleman by the name of Terrence Etheridge, was walking to work near 75th and Stony Island when two plainclothes police officers in an unmarked car, without identifying themselves, say, "Hey, come here!" And so he didn't know who they were, so he ran. Police chased him, shot him in the back, and rendered him rendered him a paraplegic. So. This was a $10 million settlement. This was the largest settlement of the, of the meeting. It, the, it, the roll call vote, as uh, requested by Alderman Lopez, came out 36 to 14. Now, it, we, all right, let's just let me back up and ask a question. 36 to 14. In favor. 30, in favor. Uh, so was there a debate before the, they got to the roll call? When you call for a roll call vote, does that then force the city council to have a debate on the matter that they're going to vote on? No, 
what the chair, which is usually the mayor, will do is look around and see if anybody wants to make public comment. And if there is no one, then they'll go right to the vote. And that was the case on this one. I see. So had there been public discussion of this before they got to this uh, this vote? No. The uh, most, in fact, the, the half hour of public comment had mostly to do with the aforementioned plant-based diets. No, what I'm talking about had the city, I understand the public comment itself of the uh, the people who take advantage of the half hour or so that they're they're allowed to speak their mind uh, did not address this issue. I'm saying in the city council meeting where the aldermen were uh, the, running the meeting, ha- had there been any debate by the aldermen on these matters before they got to this vote? No. No. So let's just think about this. Just pause to think about this for a matter of, for a moment. This is a $10 million settlement uh, regarding a pretty upsetting case. Uh, and they're expected to pr- approve it on a, a, a vote, uh, joining it with two others with no discussion, no debate. The public, by and large, wouldn't know about it. Uh, it would be an expenditure, an allocation of tax dollars. And that's how city business is done in the city of Chicago. No, I don't want to disappoint you, but actually this is coming. Okay, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually going to come up. Got ahead of myself that's here. That's all right. Uh, there's no way you could know. There, were, there was another one in this package of three. It was a $400,000 settlement agreement in the case of uh, Refugio, excuse me, Ruiz Cortez versus an officer, versus an officer named Glenn Llewellyn. And Llewellyn who has been called a dirty cop. He was arrested. He arrested Luis Cortez for cocaine possession. Luis Cortez spent a decade in prison before the feds found that Llewellyn had perjured himself. So that's why um, he got $400,000 for 10 years in prison. Mm-hmm. And that one, no one called for a committee vote, for a voice vote. So that actually just got passed along with the, uh, the committee vote. Next up was a um, 270000 settlement agreement in the case of um, Cruz Rodriguez and Aurora Rodriguez versus the city. Um, that one was um, also Lopez requested a roll call vote. That passed 34 to 15. The next one is the one where there was debate. This one is only, well, only $1.2 million of settlement in the case of Janet Godinez, versus the city and 22 police officers. And I'll tell you briefly what happened here. This is in July of 2015. Officers were responding to a 911 call. They apprehended a guy named Heriberto Godinez near a garage that they believed he burglarized. And there was about 15 minutes of police video that shows that police officers cuffed him, put him on the ground, and held him down in various ways, including stepping on his neck, head, and stomach. He died in the ambulance, and the medical examiner found not only cocaine in his system, but concluded that he died to, quote, physical stress associated with restraint, unquote. This is a controversial one because when it came up for approval in the Finance Committee in December, Alderman said things like, well, this guy was a known gangbanger, he was high, he had to be restrained, and it couldn't pass the Finance Committee. So for the last couple months, in the background, apparently, the uh, city has been working on the aldermen to get enough votes so that it would eventually pass because it's been stalled for a couple months. And let's hear uh, why that happened. Let's uh, listen to Lopez. 
uh, number one. Uh, I'm glad that we're finally addressing this Godinez case once and for all. For the reminder of my colleagues, this was the gangbanger in Brighton Park that was so fueled by alcohol and cocaine in his system, enough that normally would kill a normal human being, his family is now suing the city of Chicago. He is known for terrorizing our communities. And while the video that they showed you showed you our officers trying to restrain him, the 13-minute clip I sent you showed you him trying to escape, capture, evade arrest on four different times throughout that video, even being willing to crawl under a vehicle with its engine running, burning himself, injuring himself, all because he was so enraged by the drugs in his system that he was beyond control. I'm glad we're finally voting today. We've ducked and dodged long enough. Our reckoning is here now to tell our taxpayers, to tell our residents, is this the behavior that gets you money from the city of Chicago? And I encourage all of you, as we look at all the lawsuits and all the settlements that keep coming before us, to reject this one. Send a message not only to the people in my community in Brighton Park, but throughout every community where people feel they can get away with the violence that they perpetrate and now possibly be rewarded for it. It's a message we must say no to. Sounds like he was quoting you there around Duck and Dodge. Yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. The, I mean, I'm mixed feelings uh, hearing what he has. Did you have more to go on before I weigh in on this? Go ahead. That, that's it? That's, that's I have, have more, but... Uh, no, I just, I have mixed feelings when I heard that little bit because they're not rewarding him for his behavior. They're not rewarding him at all. He's dead. It's not like, you know, ah, I really fooled the system here. I'm, <laughs> he's dead. So, but at the, uh, I understand what Ray Lopez is getting at. There's a part of me that's, that's in agreement with him that I'm going to have to probably know more about the case but the notion, you know, that he was up to no good, and now uh, the city's, he died, uh, you could ultimately argue as a consequence of being up to no good. So why should the city expend money, you know, if he started it, you know what I'm saying? That would be the argument. I'm curious to hear what the city's argument was in, in rebuttal. But just to, to, to put that out, it's not like the rewarding, you know, it's not like he's sitting there getting ready to cash the check, because he is dead. We're going to do Thompson next. Lopez is pushing this pretty hard, actually. At the meeting, he was handing out this document, which is a proposed ordinance that has, I don't know, 12 pages, where he took and got a printout of all the similar settlements made by the city during 2019. Mm -hmm. He's got a summary page here that shows that most of them went for... um, actions by the police for to the tune of about $59 million. Uh, second place for that was um, Chicago Department of Transportation for $15 million. That's, that's for people like falling on sidewalks and stuff like yeah. that. So he, he, what he's looking for is he's looking for hearings by the Finance Committee to say, how is the city addressing the, what procedures is the city putting in place to make sure we don't get sued around this stuff? Hmm. So that, that's interesting. But let's hear the other side. There was a significant pushback to Alderman Lopez. And let's first hear Alderman Thompson, Alderman Patrick Thompson from the 11th Ward. 
in this particular case, we're not here to judge the police. I know many of the officers that were involved in this case. I know they're good police officers. I know they'll be cleared. Many of them have already been cleared. It's not the conduct of their behavior at that night, but we as a body have the responsibility for the fiscal stability of the city of Chicago. And when we look at a case like this, and we briefed by our own attorneys, with the number of law firms involved in this particular case because of the people involved, it's going to cost us, the taxpayers, more money to litigate this, even if we win. This isn't the case for us to make that decision of whether we support the police. I support the police as much as anyone. This supports the police by having the fiscal stability to continue to pay them, to pay their pensions. We have the fiscal responsibility. And you could win a loser and lose a winner, as you know as a lawyer here in Cook County. And so in a case like this where we can settle for less than it's going to cost us to litigate it, I think it's prudent for us as a body to look at the financial picture and make a decision based on the totality. A little bit of um, sort of constituent context. Alderman Thompson is from the from a Bridgeport ward that has lots of city workers in it. So I think it was important for him to say that, yeah, I'm going to support this settlement, but it's not an anti-police thing because, you know, as I said, there were 22 police officers named in the in the lawsuit. Uh, and then also one uh, a little detail. Alderman Thompson is the nephew of the former mayor of the city of Chicago, Mayor Richard M. Daley. Uh, and uh, so he's sort of inheriting the daily uh, mantle in the city of Chicago. Make some persuasive points. It, you had said something uh, before we went to that um, to play that clip, uh, where uh, our Alderman Ray Lopez uh, was saying that the city the city should have uh, some kind of way to prevent lawsuits like this. There is I can't think of any way to prevent a lawsuit like this. Uh, it, this is exactly the kind of suit that will be filed if there's someone is killed. Uh, generally, there, there will be a lawsuit filed. You can only ex- almost expect it. It's almost guaranteed. I'm sure the city has insurance that gov- that that uh, that they pay pr- lots of pre- monies and premiums for. So, I I don't know how you can avoid lawsuits like this. So what, it's a very real argument that uh, uh, the Daily Kid is making when he says that uh, they're going to file the suit. Someone died. If we go to court, we could lose even more. So this is what our lawyers are saying. Our best. It was the same argument used, by the way, in the settlement for Laquan McDonald. It wasn't even a settlement. I don't even think there was a lawsuit filed when La- after Laquan McDonald was shot. The city made an offer to the preemptive family. Preemptive offer. Preemptive offer. So there wouldn't be a lawsuit. That's This is what lawyers do. They make advice to... The lawyers aren't here, Dave, like King Solomon trying to figure out like what's the right and the wrong thing. They're trying to minimize what the city has to pay. And you can get really irritated like Ray Lopez or paying money to what the, the survivors of a guy who has a bad reputation in a neighborhood. But this is the reality of the world we live in, you know, and any single person in that city council would not throw away his or her rights to file suit against the city if the roles are reversed. I'm just putting that out there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, all these lawyers that talk about t- uh, tort reform and uh, the Republicans talk about tort reform, they'll go to the, be the first people to go to the courts to adjudicate whatever dispute they have with whatever party. Donald Trump himself has sued so many people. He's been sued so many people. You understand what I'm saying? That's our system. That's that's how it works. So I don't know how you could prevent the city from being sued the way Ray Lopez suggested. And Alderman Thompson uncovers this idea that 
there is a large constituency, namely the police and firefighters who are the targets of a lot of these suits, who feel betrayed if the city does a settlement and doesn't allow them their day in court to um, sort of prove their innocence. And this uh, this feeling is exemplified, was exemplified in the meeting by Alderman Nick Spazzato of the 38th Ward on the Northwest Side, and here's what he had to say. As a first responder, the whole 90-second thing, putting his foot on his back, whatever, been there, done it, folks. There's a handful of us here that have been in situations like this where he's hyped up. Criminals have super superhuman power that it takes five or six or ten firemen, policemen to pin them down. Uh, they're extremely violent. Just because we had an officer that had his foot on a guy's back for 90 seconds, that to me doesn't warrant this settlement. I respect what my colleagues have said about sometimes we have to try to cut our losses, but I believe, and I say this in our briefings all the time, sometimes we have to take a stand and say we're not going to stand for this anymore and let's roll the dice and maybe the smart people over there, the attorneys, maybe they're right and maybe the high school diploma guys like me will be wrong, and then we could say <laughs> moving forward, then we know a little bit more, but I just think we have to take a stand sometimes, and this is one time I have to take a stand, and I cannot support this, and I will be voting no, but everybody vote your conscience. Dick For, Former firefighter. Former firefighter, good friend of the show. I always get in trouble with my lefty friends when I say that. I've known Nick for a long time. I speak from his heart. And uh, I appreciate what he said. He's voting from his conscience. Uh, you know, look, obviously the, the votes were rounded up. They knew they had the 26 they needed to pass. He needed 26. So uh, 20, actually you only need 25 because Lori Lightfoot would break a tie. So, but whatever. Anyway, the point is they had the votes they needed. So Nick is free to vote his conscience. And that's how he feels. Again, one more time. You go to court, you could pay even more. So however bad you mad you feel about paying 1.2 is that what it was 1.2 million yeah. imagine how you feel if you lost in court and had to pay 10 million on top of that you had to pay your lawyers fees So one of the questions that arises for me is about this is around what is the data like what is the empirical data around when the city has actually gone to court what is the track record what are the losses versus um, you know how much did it actually lose in, in these in these cases and I didn't hear anybody cite any data. So that's an, it's an open question to me. Absolutely. And, and uh, Nick is very fine. Nick's for that. You know, the guys with the law degrees, what a, the guy with the high school education like me. <laughs> Nick, I would go to you for help. Like if there was a fire, I had to put it out. But if I'm looking for legal advice, I'm going to the lawyer. Okay. It's just a, uh, so you're pushing back on Nick a little bit when someone else love didn't. Love Nick dearly, but someone, I'm pushing back on someone him. Someone else did in this meeting, uh, Alderman Jason Irvin. We're going to do Irvin next. Uh, Jason Irvin of the 28th Ward on the west side. And here's Jason he, Irvin of the 28th Ward. Is that, did I say 20? What did I say? 20th. I believe I said 20. I might have slurred it. But anyway, uh, here's what he had to say. I agree with Alderman Thompson that we need to cut our losses in some cases. The one we just did at 10 million, I thought was a little much, but to cut our losses on something that potentially could be higher at 1.2, given all of the people that are involved, I think is a prudent decision. Now, no one likes to write these checks. No one likes to do this, but we face a reality that going on these civil rights cases, these 1983 claims where you can get whacked for fees when the person only gets a dollar, that is a crucial point I think that we sometimes forget in these cases. 
than not speaking ill or for or against the police, but we have to make fiscally responsible decisions. Now, if you want to roll the dice, put your money on the table. But we cannot take that position when dealing with the taxpayers' money. It's a function of being a municipality with the police department that has some challenges that we have to address. So as we begin to go through this process and through our consent decree, through COPA, and through our public safety inspector general, we need to work on mitigating this point so we're not here having this conversation, but we are here, we just need to deal with this, and this, quite frankly, is a cost of doing business in a very litigious environment here in Cook County. Now, we can roll the dice and, and find out that we may not have any insurance down the road. I don't think that's the right decision for us to make. And given the litigious nature and given the verdicts that have come out of Cook County, we may even be hard pressed to find somebody to insure us on our excess liability. These are some serious questions we really need to think about and address because we can take a cavalier attitude. But again, put your money on the table if you want to roll the dice. Thank you. Man, I love the Chicago City Council. There's that, some really put your money on the table. <laughs> <laughs> you got Nick Spazzato going, I got it. and then you got Jason Irvin saying, put your money on the table, Nick. And Nick goes, I'll do it. He puts $10 down. It's interesting to note that there's actual <laughs> debate going on here. You know, it's a... Uh, yeah, it's, and it is a legitimate, don't you yeah. agree? It's a legitimate yeah. debate, and it hurts. I know uh, I'm going to give Ray Lopez the benefit of the doubt and say it really hurts him to see money go uh, to the family of this man. If, if if the man has been a danger to the community, as Ray Lopez says, it really hurts him. And I'm I Nick Spazzato has got he's a firefighter. He's got a lot of friends who are cops. It hurts him. But Urban makes a very compelling point. So I didn't see Ray Lopez or Nick Spazzato. No, I'm gonna put up for the attorney right now. Whatever. And Irvin makes the point also that it could infect and affect the city's insurance rates if we keep going to court on this. Yeah, I don't know about that point, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I think the real problem is, this, the, I mean, all these lawsuits that have been born out of the very contentious uh, relationship between the Chicago Police Department and the black community goes way, way back and, and includes things like John Burge. Uh, that has as big as impact uh, as anything. You know, that's, that we're all, we are where we are because of our past. That sounds like a J.B. Pritzker quote or something. Uh, but, <laughs> Don't uh, want that on your tombstone. Marvin Gaye song. <laughs> yeah, <that's> pretty cool. <laughs> well, before I reveal the vote, on this one, I want to... Oh, I thought you already revealed the vote. On this one? Yeah. I, I think you've already revealed it. Did, did I? You? Yeah. Well, whatever. Let's, Let's play it back. You, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you stole that from me. <laughs> Let's play it back. <laughs> uh, I want to listen to uh, the wrap-up by Alderman Wagesbeck, where he brought in a, another interesting point that I want to talk about. Let's listen to Alderman Scott Wagesbeck, who, again, is the chair of the Finance Committee. Mm-hmm. I know this is another difficult case for all my colleagues to listen to in the briefings, see the video, and we have a lot of these cases that come before us. And I appreciate whichever side you take, however you want to vote. But one thing we have to remember when we get these cases, it is very unfortunate, but we take the victim as we find them. We have to essentially look at the situation at the end of what happened, not all of the issues at the front end, even though that's taken into consideration. Godinez was fueled up, as Alderman Lopez said. However, he died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. And there was video that showed the officer with a foot in his chest. And we can't deny what the video shows. 
As we see more and more video, as we see more and more audio, we are working to make sure that we're presenting that to the aldermen so that they get the full state of each one of these cases as best we can. What the mayor's done in bringing in COPA, the law department, the police department, the new chief risk officer is working to minimize these issues before we get into these kind of situations. But this one today, as we talked about back in December, both in the briefings and the public hearing, is that our victim died in the ambulance in our care, in the care of the city of Chicago. If we did not go for this settlement, the amount could be much higher, as is the case with a lot of others. We, as a body, have to make sure that we're changing the way the police department works. I think the mayor's starting to do that. Having officers in who are talking to us about these different issues and how they play out is very important. And I'm glad to see that for the first time in a long time. So Alderman Wagespeck summarizes not only the longtime city practice of um, trying to settle around these cases, but he's talking about a hope for changing how the Chicago police proceed. Mm -hmm. And he invokes uh, the Civilian Office of Police Accountability, the Special Inspector General for Police Accountability. And he talks about something called risk the risk management. So I just want to go back in time a little bit. Mayor Lightfoot, when after she was elected, she um, rather uh, distinctly said that she was hiring a chief risk officer, whose name is Tamika Puckett, and created an office of risk management that is in the mayor's office. And it's an open, another open question is, so what exactly is the Office of Risk Management doing to impose mm -hmm. new procedures on the likes of, say, the, the police department or, you know, the Department of Transportation? I did a little digging to see if she perhaps has a blueprint or something like that out there, and it turns out she doesn't. Uh, and the way, reason we know this is because the city put out a request for proposals to what's called enterprise risk management consultants to create a risk management plan for the city. And I found a list of um, RFP questions from uh, prospective consultants asking things like, well, what is the city's current blueprint? Oh, we don't have one. What, uh, what procedures are, are, is the city considering to impose on city departments? Oh, we don't know. That's what we're looking. So it's not clear to me what this person was, is bringing to the table other than managing the hiring of a consultant. So again, that's an open question. I'm not even sure what risk management means. I mean, I guess I could, if I, I could guess a wager, you know what I mean? Like managing risk. I'm, I'm not even sure. I, if, you're, if I'm a listener right now, I, I don't know if I know what risk management means for so the city So we put on my Mr. Bike helmet. Go ahead. Uh, one time I was working on a, on a program uh, where there is called Safe Routes to School, which tries to get um, elementary schools for the most part to incur allow and encourage children to bicycle to school. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were called into a particular school in a, in a Chicago suburb that had banned children from bicycling to school after a child was hit by a car. Mm -hmm. And after doing some digging, we found out that they had a risk management consultant who said, you know what, if you just said to the school, if you guys just want to minimize your liability in the future, don't allow this biking stuff because you're going to increase your risk. So that's what the risk manager no, It sounds like a lawyer. That's what a lawyer would tell you. That's kind of a lawyer accountant. Yeah, a lawyer. Yeah, like yeah. If you want to minimize your risk, uh, 
Yeah, don't allow kids to buy one. <laughs> well, that guess would minimize your risk, except then there could be a car accident. So whatever. Anyway. So in the case of the police, for example, and I'm just making this up. Go I, ahead. But, You're on a roll. But a proposed thing might be to look at best practices of the way that police officers in other cities deal with uh, uncooperative offenders that they have in custody and and find out what are the you know what are the ways that they are able to subdue that person without say stepping on their neck mm-hmm. you know, things like that fair enough All and right. so the vote was on this one was 37 to 13 wow it was uh, more yes votes than in the last so one so i have a recap here of okay. the uh, of those three Very roll call good. votes so, all right, I have a question, a procedural question, and I don't know if you'll know the answer to this. Wait, these are the, the yes. So if you voted yes, this is... So I, I didn't put... I only listed the aldermen who voted no on any of those three votes. I it's see. It's not all of them. So. I see. Okay. But you notice that it's not all the same ones. Like the ones who voted no on each one was Marty Quinn, mm-hmm. Ed Burke, Ray Lopez, Matt O'Shea, so, uh, Silvana Tabara, uh, how do you say her name? Tabarez. Tabarez. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ariel Reboiris, Felix Cardona, Nick Spizzato, Anthony Napolitano, James Gardner. Mm-hmm. The the aldermen who voted no were either aldermen uh, who are police officers or uh, live in wards with a high concentration of police officers, or both. Telefero, who used to be a police officer, voted yes on the largest settlement, the $10 million one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, so that's how it went down. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking at this list. Marty Quinn, of course, 13th Ward Alderman, and that would be he is Michael Madigan's Alderman. So His name is in the news a lot recently. Yes, his name is in the news. Very good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I've got, Ben. It was an uh, interesting little bit of um, so, so when I, litigious uh, uh, trivia there. So, okay, go back to the question I originally asked. So had Ray Lopez not called for a roll call, none of this debate would have taken place. We would not have heard Nick Spizzato uh, talk about uh, like the greater principle at stake. We would not have heard... Uh, Jason Irvin talk about the financial risks at stake with that great analogy about rolling dice. We would not have heard Mayor Daly's nephew, Patrick Thompson. Uh, by the way, he's got some booming pipes. Did you notice that? <laughs> he's got a future in radio. I'm just saying, Ben. He, and, and we, would can, not, we would not have heard that. And you can hear Richard J. J. Daly's voice in his Just his a touch. Yeah, yeah. Just a touch. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we would have been, uh, there would have been none of that. Had he not called for that, am I correct on that? Well, we've talked about this before, that Ray Lopez is turning out to be sort of one of the uh, carriers of democracy, <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah. No, in, let's give him credit. Every time we do one of these shows, Ray Lopez, I give you credit. I'm just, you know, remarkable how you've just emerged. It's, I don't always agree with you. In fact, many times I disagree with you. But I, I liked his scarf, too, that he was wearing a decorative scarf. Uh, but now, so do you... So, in other words, if Ray Lopez had not called for that roll call... Or some other alderman. Or some, in this case, Ray Lopez called for it. Somebody right, but, must but had he not, had he not someone had else no, might have. Okay, so if nobody had called for a roll call, they would have just had a... And we would not have known the details of these three cases. There would not have been this uh, discussion and debate. Am I correct on that? Well, uh, yes and no. In this, If you had not... If you had just dropped off of Mars and come down to the city council meeting, you would not have known... <laughs> 
But as I said earlier, for this particular case, there was significant debate in the December Finance Committee meeting where these issues were initially raised. So it's been it's been percolating out there. And as I said before, because there was so much uh, opposition to this settlement, the city waited a couple of months mm-hmm. to um, see you know to make its case and eventually get enough votes to get it passed in city council all right very good i'll concede that point that there was a debate in the finance in december but the full council get get to debate i'm not quite sure i i don't know if all these aldermen are on the finance committee uh but uh anyway i had a sense just a sense i don't want to be sound uh, cynical and jaded uh but it, it had sort of a feel of orchestrated like they knew the votes were there well duh. i mean the mayor knew she had the votes uh, I appreciate the debate. Anyway, I thought it was a good debate. Anything else you have to add before we take off for the day? Thanks for letting me talk about this. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's always a blast to have independent journalist Dave Gloatz. And as everybody knows, Dave Gloatz does audio and print reporting on Chicagoland government. And you can find his work on the web at shygov.com. And you can follow him. Where can you follow you? Facebook.com slash inside gov. That's correct. Thank you. Robert Mueller. Uh, And now Dave, having done this great report, is going to finish reading the Mueller report. You're only on page 33, I think, Dave. I'm waiting for the audio (laughs) book. You're going to read it while you're riding your bike around the city of Chicago. It's going to be a favorite on audible.com, I'm sure. Dave Gloetz, uh, in addition, he's a regular. Uh, he's he's our city council reporter. Every podcast needs one, so we'll probably have him back. When's the next meeting? Uh, it is in March. I want to say it's the it's in the teens somewhere. Oh, 13th or probably right around the, the election time. By the way, that's correct. Are, that is correct. <laughs> are you willing to reveal on this show right now who your uh, favorite is in the Democratic primary for president? Uh, being a, uh, a a journalist, I have to duck and dodge on that one. Oh, what a wuss! <laughs> I know who it is. Dave's Dave and I back in the old days when he was grilling me like a tuna on a grill. Uh, <laughs> I love that image. <laughs> he would always like tease me because I voted Democrat. People don't know this about young Dave Gloatz, but he could go pretty left on us. And uh, remember you used to make fun of me for voting for all those Dems, Dave? Remember I that? If I made fun of you, I just would point out alternatives. Anyway, I got a feeling I know who Dave Gloatz is going to Bloomberg. <laughs> He's huge Bloomberg He's got guy. some great ads, man. <laughs> 17% of Illinois voters can't be wrong. Uh, yeah. Feeling the Berg. You're right. Just like 50% of Chicago voters couldn't be wrong when they reelected Rom. So uh, you're right. Sometimes I'm wrong. There How about go. that? Is that possible? Dave Gloatz, thank you very much. And that ends another bonus show. Take care, everybody. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.